All right, ladies, 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 this is Nadine McGowan with Purposeful Living, joined by Miss Mary Warner, our coaches coordinator of Purposeful Living, and we are here for Linking Arms. Welcome and thank you for joining us. Mary, it's nice to have you here. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Awesome. Well, today we have a really powerful topic. Um, it's not necessarily my favorite topic because <laughs> it's kind of a challenging topic, but I believe it's probably one of the most impactful, one of the most healing, one of the most um I want to say like fruitful topics because it impacts so much of our lives. And so um, actually Mary covered this topic for our coaches as we were doing coaches, regular meetings and trainings. And I said, Mary, women need to hear this. I need to rehear this. I want to be able to have this recorded so I can re-listen to it. And so I just asked her to join and share. So Mary, why don't you tell me a little bit about kind of where this information is from, um, why it's so important, and then we can kind of dive in. Well, most of the information that I'm sharing today came from two books that I've read. One is Radical Self-Forgiveness by Colin Tipping, and the other is The Self-Forgiveness Handbook by Tom Rutledge. And the reason that I think self-forgiveness is so important is um, I'm not sure we're really able to completely forgive anyone until we do the self-forgiveness piece, because that when we have that anger at ourselves, that shame, that that block that blocks us from relationship with God and with others, we've still got work to do before we can get beyond that. Yeah, that's such a good point. It's like you can't give to others what you don't yourself have, right? Exactly. Yes. It's like, how can I forgive others if I don't know how to forgive myself? How, you know, like I can give somebody cookies if I don't have cookies. Right. Exactly. I could want to give them cookies with all my might, but if I don't have cookies, I can't give them cookies. So right. I love that concept. And I want to, I want to clarify. So this isn't just forgiveness in general. This is specifically self-forgiveness. So forgiving myself. Exactly. Because that's a huge step. And it's one that's overlooked an awful lot. You know, we talk a lot about forgiveness and what it is and what it isn't. And we kind of avoid the step about um, that critical voice in our head and the, the shame that we carry and the mistakes that we've made that we still feel bad about and try to make up for. So all of that is important. Yeah. And it's almost like if we don't heal that part of us, if we don't forgive that part of us, that part is there tripping us up consistently in everything. Exactly. I heard a quote today um, Oscar Wilde quote, I think it was that that old emotions never die, they get buried alive. And then they come out at you in unexpected times and ways. And, and that's really a lot of what we're talking about here. That's so good. And you know, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about it. And I'm kind of thinking, so self forgiveness, the work that I do there isn't just going to help me forgive others, but it's also going to help me heal and maybe even create breakthroughs in my life where I might be stuck. Exactly. And really get you, it will help heal uh, your emotions. It will also help deepen your relationship with God because uh, anytime we have that, that barrier of anger and shame, it separates us from that relationship. So that's vital to, uh, for the growth that we want to have and for the healing that we need. 
you know, when you said the barrier of anger and shame, I just saw this huge, like rock, this huge barrier that we probably don't even realize is there. Right. Exactly. Anger and shame at ourselves. Right. And then we probably take it out on other people thinking we're mad at them, but in reality, we're mad at us. Right. And we wonder why our relationships don't work and why exactly. we struggle with weight loss or whatever finances or whatever it is. The Anything. Just, it's a huge list. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I want to hear more. So let's get, let's get to the meat and potatoes of, you know, where do we start? How do we do this? How do, just go, give it just to go. me. Just go. All right. Give it to so me. I started with the definition of what forgiveness is, and it really is letting go of resentment and giving up the desire to punish. So that means we can stop punishing ourselves. We can stop feeling that we need to do that. Letting go of guilt and shame and replacing them with self-compassion, self-generosity, and self-love. Okay, I need. I, we need to just camp out here for a little bit because sure. this is way too too good, way too good for us to just go, okay, that was a good definition. Let's move on. And so we might have to do like 10 podcasts to get through your we one. We might, we might. Um, but that's okay. I think it's, it's important enough. And, um, again, not many people talk about it. So I need you to go back. So letting go of resentment and the desire to punish ourselves. Yes. Letting go of resentment. So it's like resentment that I'm feeling towards myself. Mm -hmm. I should have, could have, would have, you're bad because. Right. And then the desire to punish myself. So I was not good. So I don't deserve. Right. The, the desire to punish yourself that often comes out. I mean, sometimes it comes out in depression. It often comes out in self-sabotage. Wow. That's good. So self-forgiveness will help us not sabotage ourselves as much. Hopefully. Yes. Hopefully. Okay. Right. So going with that definition. So letting go of resentments and the desire to punish myself. And then uh, letting go of guilt and shame. And because you can't ever, you you can never have a vacuum. So if you're going to let go of guilt and shame to keep them gone, you've got to fill that space up with something else. So replace it with self-compassion, self-generosity, and self-love. So those are all intentional. So good. Replace with self-compassion, self-generosity, and And self-love. So we get rid of the guilt. Mm-hmm. And the shame, mm-hmm. man, which has probably been built up over years upon years upon years upon experiences, upon memories, upon what our parents spoke over us or our teachers or what we spoke over ourselves or what our siblings did or whatever. Exactly. And then we, in order to get rid of it and have it not come back, you're saying we have to replace it with something or else that gap will be there. and It'll just come back in and it'll just come back. So, um, you know, it's, it's intentional. It's it's something you decide to do. And it's also, I believe, something that takes practice. We don't just suddenly know how to be that kind to ourselves, but it does take practice and we have to um, integrate that. We have to let that become a part of who we are. And that, you know, there's several ways to work on that, but it, it won't just happen. That's so good. So we're replacing this guilt and shame and this resentment and this punishing ourselves, probably all of that with self-compassion, self-generosity, self-love. And in order to do that, it 
takes us being intentional and practicing these these this compassion the generosity the self-love it's kind of like building a new muscle yes exactly it's almost like saying okay this muscle no longer serves me or that you know the shame and the guilt and the self-punishment and all that that's not serving me that's keeping me stuck that's Mm -hmm. keeping me you know anxious or depressed or whatever and Mm -hmm. so i am intentionally going to go ahead and replace that with compassion and self-generosity and love Mm-hmm. And I'm going to practice that. So then it becomes right. part of who I am. Right. And, you know, in the beginning, you'll think, well, I don't know what that looks like because it's not what you've done. And, and so you start out by saying, what would it look like if I were doing this for someone else? Whoa. Or what would it look like if I did the opposite of what I'm doing right now? That's also very good. That's a good perspective of, okay, when I'm stuck, not knowing how to do that for myself, I think, well, how, how would I do that for a friend? Right. How would I, how would I give self-compassion or self-generosity or, or I guess not self-compassion or generosity or love to a friend who's mm-hmm. made this mistake and needs the forgiveness mm-hmm. um, and maybe starting that way. Right. Because it is a lot easier for us to have grace for others, isn't it? Oh, so much easier. Yes. We tend to be our own worst enemy. Always. I say that about myself a lot. I am my own worst enemy. And we think it helps us, right? Because it has to come from a place where it's like, we think it's good for us, maybe. I don't know. Like, why do we do that? I don't know. You know, for me, it's like old, old family rules. Like, you know, don't brag. Don't do this. Don't do that always help somebody else, always be nice. Um, There's lots of old rules that start that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, you can always do better. You can always be better, but it's okay to acknowledge where you're okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We can keep moving now. Okay. Okay. So um, there's a list of what uh, Tom Rutledge called the essentials as you go through this process of self-forgiveness. The first one is think of yourself as a problem solver, not as a collection of problems. Separate your identity from your problems. It's not, I'm a mess. It's the situation that I'm dealing with is a mess. What do I need to do with it? Okay. It's not who I am. Okay. I'm the one who can solve the problem. Okay. So it's not, I'm a liar because I lied. It's I am me, but I made a bad choice to lie. I made a bad choice or for some reason I'm stuck in this desire to, to do something opposite of what should be done. Mm -hmm. What do I do with that? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and that might mean putting accountability in place. That might mean confession that might, you know, it can mean a lot of different things, but the thing to focus on is that I'm the problem solver. That's good. That's good. Okay. The key to creating real change is learning how to treat yourself with genuine respect. And that kind of goes back to the the self-compassion and self-love and self-generosity. You treat yourself with respect. You should not be saying things in your head to yourself that you wouldn't say out loud to someone else. You shouldn't be so critical or um, putting, putting yourself down or any of those, we know those things we say to ourselves that are so negative. And 
you just when you hear those thoughts in your head, because they'll be there before you recognize that they're showing up and all of a sudden they're there and you have to stop and say, wow, is that being respectful? Wow. Yeah. You know, just you saying like treating myself with respect and I added and kindness, mm-hmm. you know, because they really do go hand in hand. And I got a little emotional of like, man, I don't really I'm so hard on myself. hmm. And that won't encourage you to move forward. That will just hold you back because, because our words have power and we listen to them and we believe them, even when we don't understand that that's all going on in us. It is. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Okay. What else? Awareness is a powerful healing agent. So we must face our inner negativity and be fully aware of it as the first step to developing a positive self-image. So we try to stuff these thoughts. We try to think positive. We try to um, pretend to be fine because we think if we look the way we're supposed to look, then that's the answer. And the answer is um, if those negative thoughts are going in, you can stuff them, but they're not going away. Right. One of my favorite. um, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say one of my favorite sayings is there's no way out but through. Yes, there's no way out but through. There is not. And so if you're stuffing these negative thoughts and opinions and feelings that you have about yourself, they're just waiting there to to grab at you the next time they have space to come up. They're not healed. Yeah. So um, you have to really be aware and honest with yourself about what you think and how you how you uh, how you talk to yourself, what your opinions are. And I have to say, man, it's so it's it's hard to do that on your own. You know, like for me, I have to be working with a coach or a therapist or both or a a trusted, safe, honest friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's well. And, you know, one of the things I learned in 12 step work was um, healing does not happen in a vacuum. You you can you can memorize everything in all of these books. But unless you've got a place, a safe place to process it. It doesn't get through the same way. Okay. I got to be honest, Mary. I'm like at a place where I'm like, okay, tell me how to, how to self forgive. Let's get to the, let's get to the, but I need to pause because maybe there's more essentials we need to look at. Just a couple. Uh, One is that your fear is full of lessons. So face your fears and, and figure out what is it that I need to learn from this one. Love that. That's wonderful. That's a great uh, perspective on fear. Right. It's there. It's there to help you. I mean, fear really, it was meant to help you. So if um, you stop reacting to it and start thinking, okay, what exactly am I afraid of? What do I need to learn through this? Um, there's, it can do you so much good. And then when in doubt, take a, a deep breath and slow down. So in other words, respond, don't react, mm. especially if you're facing fear. Another step that goes along with the things we just talked about is to identify the committee in your head who what's we all have more than one voice in our head and they we carry on these internal arguments all Mm -hmm. the time. And so if you can identify the voices in your head and whose voice is loudest and um, 
what they're resisting or what they're criticizing or what they're afraid of, then you can begin to uh, take control of that conversation. Like we talked about you being the problem solver, you can direct the conversation. It's, it's about learning to control your thoughts. And, and first, before you can control them, you have to like tune in and pay attention to what's going on there. You know, I'm kind of thinking that one should be a podcast of its own because I just think that would be a really good one to dive into. And I know you've done a ton of work on that. I know I've done yeah. a ton of work on that. And I think that would be a good one to, because that's a pretty um, great tool and resource and it's effective. It's a great tool and um, not one you can do justice to in just a couple minutes because yeah. it, it doesn't make any sense just glossed over like that. But if you yeah. really do the work, it's amazing what you can learn about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Okay. So tell me how, do I, how do I forgive myself? <laughs> Are we not there yet? Well, let's see. Yes, we're close. So you want to look at what are your behaviors okay. when you're feeling shame or anger. And that's, that goes back to the punishing yourself when you're hiding, you're hating yourself, you're sabotaging yourself. And so, um, he says, I believe that self-forgiveness is essentially inseparable from self-respect and self-responsibility. Wow. So self-forgiveness, self-respect, and self-responsibility all go hand in hand. Yes. Okay. So in the process of forgiving ourselves, we want to choose to overlook our flaws and just accept ourselves where we are. You know, and we've talked often about we're exactly where we're supposed to be. And everything that's happened in our lives is helping us become who it is we're intended to be. So I'm sorry, Mary, I need you to say that again. Like, again, we're exactly who we're supposed to be, where we're supposed to be. We're exactly where we're supposed to be. Everything that's happening in our lives is contributing to us becoming who we're supposed to be. That right there is a powerful statement. So ladies, I just want to speak that over us right now and just remind us like where you are right now is exactly where you are supposed to be. Where I am right now, where Mary is right now, where we are today is exactly where we're supposed to be. Right. And then in that, we have to acknowledge our mistakes because obviously we all make mistakes and then we learn from them instead of beating ourselves up with them. Look for the lesson. We've got to constantly be looking for the lesson. And that's how we move forward. I love that, that concept. Look for the lesson in the fear. Look for mm -hmm. the lesson in the, in the behavior. Look for mm -hmm. the lesson in the mistake mm -hmm. versus I'm so bad. I did. I'm just a bad X, Y, Z, right? It's right. like, well, right. what can I learn? How do I learn? How do I do this different next right. time? Because the learning moves you forward and the beating up keeps you stuck or moves you backwards. Yeah. Someone once told me you're never just staying still. You're either moving forward or you're going backwards. Never staying. Nothing, never staying still. So you want to be very careful about that. Um, keeping yourself stuck and you can't blame anyone else. If, if that's what is going on in your head, you are keeping you stuck. It's not somebody else doing that to you. Yeah, that's good. So the steps, you want the steps about how we go through self-forgiveness. Oh, I love steps. Give me a checklist. Give me a step-by-step. -step. I'm all about it. Right. Anybody else out there like that? I bet there's a few ladies out there listening who are similar. Well, there's only five steps. Oh, I like I that even more. 
Only five steps. It's one of those things that could be considered simple, but not easy. Yes. That's called life. Yes, it is. So the first step is telling the story. And, you know, I'm always going to say, write it down. Journaling is so healthy and it helps you actually get the words out of your body. So you turn that judgmental, critical voice in your head loose and you write down everything she has to say. Even the things you don't want to hear, the things you don't want to see, don't filter it, write it all down. I love that part. I do. I'm not going to lie to you. Like I've done that several times with different areas of my life and I have seen the fruit of it. Mm-hmm. And man, some of, some of those words and that voice, I don't always give that voice like space to communicate. And so a lot of it is stuffed down. So just me being able to get it out on paper mm-hmm. is, has been so healing that of its own. Right. And we don't give that voice space because we're ashamed of what she has to say. Yeah. And we want to hide it and we want to be nice. And if you don't get those words out, you can't respond to it. And if you keep them hidden, that's what creates shame. Any part of ourselves that has to stay hidden in the dark that we can't share somewhere that that ends up being shame. Okay. Okay. So we got to tell the story, right? Writing it out is recommended because then you get all the details out, right? There's no holding back. You're not thinking or overthinking. You're just kind of writing it. Right. And let go of the fear that somebody else is going to read it. You don't have to keep it. You don't have to share it. You can shred it, burn it. You can do whatever you want with it, but you need to get it out. Okay. So just, just out of curiosity, based on your opinion, if if I don't know where to start, like which story do I start with? I have a ton of issues. (laughs) Um, you know, like how, how would you help the ladies kind of identify which story to start with or just, because sometimes the hardest part is starting. Yeah. And you know, if you're, if you're nervous about it and you sit down and your brain freezes up. Yeah. Um, and I know this sounds crazy, but just start with whatever words are going on in your head. And if those words happen to be, I don't know what to write about, then you write whatever those words are in your head until the next thing comes up and it will. Okay. So what I'm hearing you say is don't complicate it, you know, be childlike mm-hmm. and just write, just pick up the pen and write whatever's coming up for you with right. the intention of writing out your story. Right. Exactly. Your critic of voice. Right. And I've had so many clients say, you know, I started journaling and all I could do was say, I'm writing because Mary said I should write. And that's where they started. And um, it's just important to do that. It will come up. Okay. All right. So give yourself some time to tell the story on paper, to write it out. Step one, step two, feel the feelings. Oh, (laughs) when you, when you're writing out all that stuff from your judgmental self, I'm sure your feelings are going to come up Uh all the feelings. They're not good or bad. They're just feelings and they're yours. So you don't have to label them. You don't have to censor them. They're just your feelings. So you have to feel it to heal it. You feel can't it stuff, it. Yes, you can't stuff your feelings any more than you can stuff your words and make any progress. Okay. So feeling the feeling. So as I'm writing, I start getting angry, let myself be angry. Don't try to withhold the anger. I'm writing, I want to cry. I just start crying. I get my Kleenex and I'm my nose is dripping all over my paper. I've done this before. Can you tell? <laughs> um, and I don't label it. I don't say, oh, you're so bad because you're crying or, oh, you're so bad because you're angry. It's just like, it's like, it's the healing. I'm kind of feeling it to heal it, feeling it right. to heal it. It's you good don't to say things like, 
put your big girl panties on or suck it up or any of those things. You just feel it. So you don't do that. You don't say don't do you don't say those things. You just let yourself be open and honest and real with yourself. Okay. Okay. I can do that. What's number three? Number three is called collapsing the story. Okay. So that's when you that judgmental self that has just done that dump all over you, you say, okay, you've had your turn. Yep. Now you step back and you let my loving self have a word to say to respond. So that's where you begin to show compassion and empathy for yourself. That's where you really acknowledge, okay, this is exactly where I am right now. And where do I want to go from here? What is my next step? What direction do I want to set? You identify any place where you need to make things right or apologize. And you also identify and let go of any false guilt. Okay. So by saying, hey, is this is this guilt valid? Right. Is this guilt valid? Was that was that um sometimes we get caught up in feeling guilty about what other people do yeah. or feeling guilty about being unhappy with what someone else does that's unacceptable. You know, we just want to keep the peace. So it's really identifying is this valid? Did I actually do something Got it. that injured somebody in some way that I need to make amends for? And if I didn't, then it's false guilt and I need to let others have their reactions and take control of mine. So good. Okay. Step four, reframing the story. And we talked a little bit about this all the way through. Let go of the idea that something wrong happened. Look at it more like, what did I learn? What was, what was my lesson in this season? What does that mean for me going forward? How did I grow? That's good. And maybe even like what good has even come out of this? Is there anything good, right? Right, exactly. That's always, that always blows me away when I can look at something that I could not find one good thing about and then writing it out, getting all those emotions out and being able to go, oh, but I wouldn't be where I am right now if it wasn't for this. And I wouldn't have met this person and that wouldn't have happened and this and how it all kind of comes together. And it's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I really am exactly where I'm supposed to be. You really are. And, you know, might not have been fun getting there, but you got what you needed along the way. Yeah. And other people are getting those lessons that they need too. And that's why it's important to stay away from rescuing and all that kind of thing. Good. So, and that, you know, that always reminds me of the Romans eight twenty eight that all things work together for good for those who love God. So I love that verse. I know there's just a lot of reminder there to trust. Yep. Yep. What's number five? Number five is integrating the shift. And that's where I talked about uh, internalizing to make this a permanent part of you. So that might be more journaling. It might mean affirmations. It might mean meditations. Um, But learning to control your thoughts and really um, owning what you've learned and just making it part of you so that it's all automatic. It's the building of the muscle part. Yes. Yes. I have a lot of heart to hearts with myself where I'm like, it's okay, Nadine, you're okay. You know, like, 
you are, you are loved and you are safe and you are kind and you are like, I kind of speak that over myself. Is that, would that be part of integrating the shift? Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Okay. Then I'm doing that already. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Yeah. It's making it real. You're owning it. In other words. Yeah. Yeah. It helps me. Honestly, it really does. Okay. This is phenomenal. This is fantastic. So ladies, you know, forgiveness is such an important aspect of living a healthy, happy, I shouldn't even say happy, joyful life, not perfect because our lives will never be perfect. Um, and, and self-forgiveness is where it all begins. So I, ha- I hope this helps. I know this helped me. And again, the second time listening to it, it's helped me even more. Um, I hope you listen and re-listen to this. And if you're like not sure where to start, we have free coaches available to you. Go to PurposefulLivingInc.org. Um, we'd be happy to walk alongside of you. We love you where you are. We meet you where you are, but we don't leave you there. So we'd love to have you be a part of that. Uh, You are loved. You are cherished. You are enough just as you are. Mary, thank you so much for linking arms with us today. Thank you. Talk to you soon, ladies. 